This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following podcast contains audio extracted from videos on the Harry Potter Theory YouTube channel. Hey everyone, welcome to another installment of Harry Potter Theory. Today, we're going to be discussing Albus Dumbledore and his cursed hand. More specifically, we're going to be breaking down Dumbledore's death, the curse itself, and one scenario in which maybe, just maybe, Dumbledore could have saved himself. Let's get into it. Months before Dumbledore's tragic demise, Dumbledore himself had decided to track down one of Voldemort's horcruxes, a small ring crowned with a strange, dark stone. And what made this particular horcrux unique is that this stone was in fact one of the fabled Deathly Hallows, the Resurrection Stone to be precise. The history of the stone dates back some time, with its origin story suggesting that it had been given to the middle Peveril brother, Cadmus Peveril, by death himself. Then the second brother, who was an arrogant man, decided that he wanted to humiliate death still further, and asked for the power to recall others from death. So death picked up a stone from the riverbank and gave it to the second brother, and told him that the stone would have the power to bring back the dead. As mentioned above, this stone had the power to summon spirits back from the dead, but when Voldemort stole his Uncle Morphin's ring years and years prior, he had no idea that it contained such a powerful relic. To him, it was just a family heirloom, and more importantly, an item that he could taint with dark magic, an item he could turn into a horcrux. But when Albus first found the stone and noticed its distinct markings, he immediately realized that it was one of the three Deathly Hallows. Knowing the true power of the stone, Dumbledore's curiosity got the better of him, and he ended up placing the ring on his finger, securing his fate. In the end, it was the allure of the Resurrection Stone that prompted Dumbledore to slide the ring onto his finger, and receive Voldemort's lethal curse. Why did he do it? Well, to Dumbledore, the stone represented one last chance at seeing his sister, Ariana, who tragically died decades and decades prior. Did Dumbledore know that the ring was a horcrux? Yes, but the allure of the stone caused a momentary lapse in his judgement, resulting in him being afflicted with a lethal curse. Just like all of Voldemort's horcruxes, he had protected it with dark magic, and this particular horcrux would curse anyone who tried the ring on. When I discovered it, after all those years, buried in the abandoned home of the Gaunts, the hallow I had craved most of all, though in my youth I'd wanted it for very different reasons. I lost my head, Harry. I quite forgot that it was now a horcrux, 
that the ring was sure to carry a curse. I picked it up and I put it on, and for a second I imagined that I was about to see Ariana and my mother and my father, and to tell them how very, very sorry I was. And immediately after placing the cursed ring on his finger, Dumbledore realizes that his clock is ticking. His time is running out. Fortunately, thanks to Snape and his expertise in curses and potions, Dumbledore was able to buy some time, but he still didn't have much of it. He knew that ultimately the curse would kill him. With Snape's help, the curse was confined to a single hand, granting the headmaster some extra time alive. However, I think that it's important to remember that had Dumbledore been a lesser wizard, the curse would have stopped his heart on the spot. Because of the way that Dumbledore was able to handle his affliction, many interpreted this curse to be some sort of slow-acting killing charm, but this is not the case. It took every bit of Dumbledore's strength and Snape's experience to halt the progression of the curse, and in this respect, Dumbledore was very, very lucky. My question is this, if Dumbledore's curse had been effectively confined to a single hand, why not just chop it off? Snape said it himself that the curse had been temporarily contained. The main concern surrounding Dumbledore's survival was that the curse would eventually spread further. To me, chopping it off seems like the logical solution here. I've got a couple of things to say about this. Dumbledore would have lost a hand, sure, but that would have been a small price to pay for survival. If we think back on the series, then one character comes to mind who chops off his hand for less, much less. Wormtail was whimpering. He pulled a long, thin, shining silver dagger from inside his cloak. His voice broke into petrified sobs. Flesh of the servant, w willingly given, you will revive your master. He stretched his right hand out in front of him, the hand with the missing finger. He gripped the dagger very tightly in his left hand and swung it upward. Harry realized what Wormtail was about to do a second before it happened. He closed his eyes as tightly as he could, but he could not block the scream that pierced the night that went through Harry as though he had been stabbed with a dagger too. Here's the thing, the curse was completely uncharted territory, even for Dumbledore and Snape. Neither of them had ever dealt with a curse like that. Yes, I suppose they could have cut Dumbledore's hand off after confining the curse, but who's to say that the curse was really confined? This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe, Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. What if they cut his hand off only to realize that the curse then transferred itself to the rest of his body? What if this type of curse clings on to the living entity of the victim until they die, until they've let out every last breath? Then Dumbledore would be cursed and handless. There's also the possibility that cutting off his hand would have killed him sooner. With no hand, Snape's preventative measures would no longer be in place, and it's entirely possible that the curse would have immediately killed him. What if this previously contained curse suddenly now affected all of Dumbledore? Well, all of that is possible, but I suppose the only options for Dumbledore at this stage were die slowly or cut off the hand and see what happens. But let's pretend for a second that cutting off the hand was a surefire way of keeping Dumbledore alive. In this case, why not do it? 
Unsure of what might happen, I can imagine both Snape's and Dumbledore's reluctance on the matter. Snape would have to butcher someone, an act I'm sure he'd find repulsive, and Dumbledore would run the risk of either dying right away or being more helpless for his final days while remaining cursed. Dumbledore was used to being, well, Dumbledore, and being a less powerful version of himself can't have been too inviting a prospect for the most powerful wizard of all time. Now, let's suppose that cutting off the hand would work, and both Snape and Dumbledore knew it would work. There's still one problem, Malfoy. In the Half-Blood Prince, Snape enters into an unbreakable vow where he agrees to protect Draco, help him with his task of killing Dumbledore, and even finish it himself should Draco fail. Draco's mission to kill Dumbledore was given to him by Voldemort himself, and I'm sure that Dumbledore knew that if Draco were to fail in this mission, then he would be punished severely by Voldemort. At the end of the day, Dumbledore had a plan in motion that accounted for his death, and on a personal level, he was simply ready to embrace death. I know that Dumbledore placing the ring on his finger has often been interpreted as a foolish, impulsive decision made out of desperation, but what we have to remember here is that this is Dumbledore, a beacon of wisdom. More likely is this. When Dumbledore saw the resurrection stone set in the ring as a horcrux, he began to lament at how much of a selfish fool he had been in his youth. Then, in a moment blaring of poetic justice, he chose to put the cursed ring on, so that he could join his family in the afterlife and find forgiveness in death. Dumbledore had lived too long without love, and it was his time to move on. Do not pity the dead, Harry. Pity the living, and above all, those who live without love. And that's it for this video. Did you ever ask yourself these questions? Let me know down in the comment section below. If you enjoy the content, please like the video and subscribe to the channel. Until next time, remember, to the well-organized mind, death is but the next great adventure.